Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. It's the evening after the day before London Marathon 2023 is in the books and Sonia Sullivan is here. To look back on this thing, I honestly never thought possible. Today on the show, I'll take you into the sights and sounds, the pre-race and mid-race nerves, the crowds and the flipping euphoria of this incredible event. Sonia, thanks so much for joining me. I really want to start off, though, by talking about this stupendous video that you and the listeners put together for me pre-race. A 40-minute guided tour of the course, intercut with 89 videos from listeners all over the world, including Katrina McKiernan, John Tracy, Eamon Coughlin, but so many faces (laughs) from everywhere. I was completely bowled over. And how you managed to keep it a secret from me, I don't know. People don't get a video like this for their 60th birthday. I was in (laughs) smithereens watching it. When did you first hear about this? So, well, it was when I was in Augusta, so I can remember (laughs) clearly. So it was actually right when I was leaving Ireland. So two weeks ago. Right. And um, so I had a kind of a weekend to get it together. But my, my nearly big mistake was that because Tina sent me a message about it. I very, I was very close to sending my reply to you. <laughs> and that would have totally spoiled the whole thing. You know when you kind of do these things without oh, thinking? Oh, yeah. Sending a text uh, to the person the text. I'd done the video and I was in a bit of a rush because we could only use our phones for a limited time. So I was just mm. doing this video as it was going into the golf course and I had to then leave my phone in the car. So I had like, you know, three minutes to do it probably and yeah and then send it as well and I was just about to send it and I was like oh no it's Tina (laughs) and I remember this like wave of relief going over me that I kind of didn't totally stuff this thing up for everybody but I had I had no idea of the extent of it I mean I was just thinking okay I'm just sending a video and I'm sure everybody else probably thought the same thing that they were all Mm. only sending their own individual and didn't look much beyond that that it was going to become such a huge compilation but yeah we're just glad that you recovered from the emotional from the emotional i'm sure that had on you (laughs) i mean everyone's so aware of how close to the surface my emotions run now at this point that uh vinnie mulvey who obviously coached me with sonia for this advised them to show it to me on the wednesday rather than any day closer to this thing (laughs) stephen daly put it together along with Yano Hernan and Seamus McAteer. But uh, really, Sonia, it spoke to the heart of this community that is this podcast and how you've brought people together to hear you, you know, drop knowledge every single week. And this community means so much to me and people in it who have been through similar experiences, personal experience, personal loss, have found running for various different reasons. It so mirrored what I saw on the day in London and how this running thing, as schmaltzy as it sounds, it does bring communities, people, individuals together with their own stories, their own beliefs, united in trying to conquer this insane distance. Um, I know that uh, Brendan Foster, your friend, is always talking about this uh, 
the, the unifying nature of this thing, but it's only something you can kind of grasp when you're there. Yeah, it's a strange thing because, especially if you've never run a marathon before, and, and I suppose even for me, I've done very few where I'm in the middle of the pack. And, mm. you know, you see all this stuff going on around you and, you know, there's such a variety of people and the different causes that they're running for. And it's such a simple activity, but yes, it brings everybody together and everybody works to, you know, make the most of it. I mean, people work hard to line up and to be able to actually run down the street. I mean, it's not an easy thing to get down there in under four hours. Like you have to prepare for it. No doubt about and you it. Have to, a bit of thought and energy goes into it that you can't just rock up and, you know, off you go. You do have to be ready for this. And, and, you know, you were proof of, you know, how ready somebody can be and then how to manage it in, you know, a very controlled, um, I'd say you're not even sourced there, are you? Yeah, but this is the thing and we're going to get to all of this is <laughs> the aftermath of the thing is that I don't feel that bad. And, you know, heading into this, the great unknown, as we kept talking about that, I've never run 42 kilometers. If anybody's thinking about running one of these, I had never run that distance in my life. I hadn't even run past 32 kilometers. Uh, so there was just this trepidation that probably produced this very cagey run. But I want to take you guys into the sights and sounds of the whole experience, uh, which began, you know, walking like we were at a, a concert at the Phoenix Park or wherever, you know, when you are part of that gang of people just walking towards a destination. Well, here we are walking up through Greenwich, head into the start line. Who do I bump into? Only an Irishman running abroad member, Peter Allen. Peter. Hi, Jola. How are you doing? Great to bump into you. Yeah, this is your second one, did you second say? Second marathon, yeah. yeah. So I ran in Cork last, last June in the rain, uh, but hoping for a better time today, better conditions as well. So. Well, I, like, honestly, my number one mission here, Peter, is to have fun. Yeah. Get around the course first time around and have the crack. And uh, I hope you do too. Thanks, Charlotte. Yeah, great to bump into you. Then, of course, Sonia, it was time to say goodbye to Tina and Mikey, who... I have to give a massive shout out to as well and to all those people that, you know, put up with those that are training for this. As you say, the preparation is immense. The whole family trains for the marathon. It's not something that you do by yourself. We're about to say goodbye, guys. Yeah. Are you more nervous than me? You no, don't know. I'm not nervous at all. No, 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 no. We're good. We're, we're, we're good. chill. We're very chill. <laughs> we're very good at getting tubes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to see them at the Cuddy Cirque and London Bridge and then they've got a ticket for the grandstand yeah, look. thanks to Memphis my charity yeah. and Liam at Memphis so guys I'll say goodbye and wish you the very best of luck with your viewing of this race oh, Joe, we're very proud of you and we hope you just enjoy it and listen to your body smash out there. It. I'm very proud of me to be honest I'm very proud I'm of feeling you. very proud of me I haven't done a thing I'd like emotional. to thank <laughs> to be honest, I'd, I'd like, like to thank me for doing all that <laughs> <laughs> we love you and Tina and Mikey had put up with the kind of mood swings that I'm sure you're well aware of. Did you have them yourself, Sonia? Were you 
Were you somebody who oscillated in mood before a big event? Yeah, I mean, I think it would often depend on the preparation. You didn't always have the consideration of others around you, I think. Mm. You know, you, you talked and everybody was in on this and I suppose in a way they were. And that's how you have the support of people around you is that they understand and they kind of go with the flow. So they just allow you to run the show and then yeah. they just fall into place. And um, yeah, so I think when things are going well, then it's, there's no issues. But when things are not going so well, I think that's when it can become difficult because then the expectations are greater than the than what you're capable of. So there's a, a mismatch of stuff going on there mm. and it can cause mm. a bit of tension and and issues that, you know, everybody's not flowing along nicely. So I think when everything goes smoothly, it's no problem for anybody. It's when things don't go so smoothly that you kind of realize how much the other people who are not actually doing the running are, are tolerating and how much they're putting up with, um, <laughs> you know, while you're kind of, you know, expecting them to run circles around you. I know as a runner, you, you don't always, you're not always aware of a non-runner and there's a lot of waiting around and a lot of time like, hmm. I mean, I mean, for Tina and Mikey, at least they had to get from the start to the finish yesterday. So I'm sure that was a bit of a excursion yeah. for them. To it's, a whole nother, it's a whole nother podcast. Tina, Tina and Mike, you're more exhausted today than I am. So they're like the passenger in a car being driven by somebody who's never driven a car before. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've gone to do this thing and they have no clue how it's going to go or if I'm even going to get through it. Um, and I'm in this huge field at this point and people will know the kind of field I'm talking about where there's trucks collecting your bags to bring them to the finish line. And just looking around it and you're seeing all of these people who are clearly dialed in. You're just looking around at all of these hopeful individuals and it's a lot to take in because Everyone's got their story. Everyone's got their reason for being here. And all of them have done untold miles. And I think that's where the emotion comes from for me at this point. We talked about controlling emotions all the way through the episodes. But when you see it face to face, all the optimism and all the hope in the faces, um... I guess you just got to accept it now and just go, well, we're all in it together. The vibe, though. <laughs> the vibe already. It's just crazy. So there's some people there who are in a, like a Zen state, in a meditation pose, sitting on some tinfoil sheet they've brought with themselves, so utterly prepared. And others who are lepping around the place and bouncing off the ground. And you're looking at them going... You're going to need that energy. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I felt like putting my hand on the shoulder of one guy and going, yeah, really keep that. <laughs> don't don't use it. But one person save I didn't it, need yeah. to. Yeah, save it. One person I didn't need to say that to was David Whitney. Another listener to the show bumped into him. 
I'm now in this kind of festival without a stage area. <laughs> Is that what you're describing with David Whitney, who people might remember from the Breaking 20 Challenge? David, you're a, you're a bit of a dodgy entrant this year. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a little bit illegal. I'm, I'm running for somebody else who's stuck outside of the country. Okay, well, there's no point in letting the number go to waste. Exactly, yes. and he's raised the money for charity, oh, so... Len. And yeah. this is your first one? Yeah. Yeah, I've, n- I've never run further than a half marathon, but I have Whoa. done lots of halves. Whoa. Okay, great. <laughs> so this will be interesting. I hope we get to see you at the end. Yeah. And I wish you the not, very not best. Not in an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. God, it's just starting to uh, drizzle here a little bit. There is rain forecast, so I bet that's going to be a story throughout. And once you're out there, it won't matter. Yeah, won't I matter. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, so. David, good luck. And you, man. Good to see you. The more we stood around and the more it started to rain, the more I had my first kind of wobble. <laughs> I was like, why am I getting so emotional? <laughs> I haven't even started running. And I did worry in that moment that I was like, what the fuck, Jar? It, this is so early in this. Why are you this emotional? And I guess it's what you had warned against was the overthink. Don't think, just get running. Yeah, well, it's there's just so much time to kind of, you know, you're just waiting and you're getting ner- you're a little bit nervous and you just want to get going. And the yeah. more that you're waiting, the more like little thoughts creep into your head and you quest- start to question things and you just need to get going. So, yeah, that can that's a really difficult time. And then when it does set off, you're kind of asking yourself questions. Am I going right? How do I feel? And it just can take a little while to settle in like you probably Mm. didn't get to do any like decent warm-up did you beforehand no and i was even i was even scared to do one (laughs) it's like if i don't i I just thought these first three kilometers are going to be downhill and they're like a gimme i thought that'll be my warm-up and me and Vinny never discussed it so i just assumed when i didn't see loads of people warming up that this is what you do Vinny wasn't lying. Buzzing off my head. Cacophony of noise that begins this race that really does get you right in the chest. I'm wearing a plastic bag, you might be able to hear it at this point, that I'm tearing off like a Superman of old as we go through the start line. And there is just this wave of, this is happening now. But as I say, I have no clue at this point if I'm gonna get through this thing. But do you sense yeah. that feeling from the people all around you as well? Did you speak to many people in the first little bit? Or was everybody um, quiet? Um, I just got the sense, the wave that I was in, which was like a four-hour group, were feeling the same way. That I just didn't feel a massive amount of confidence <laughs> in, in all of the runners around me. There certainly was massive trepidation, especially, Sonia, as we got so cold. Like, that rain started to come down, and, you know, you're... If this is a bright sunny day on a heath in London, you're you're bouncy. 
and warm. You got a film of sweat over you. But instead, we're starting to shiver a little. You're wondering, was a singlet a brilliant idea today? Certain people are in full rain wear. <laughs> and they're looking very clever all of a sudden. We get down the road, eight kilometers in. Uh, I need to stop. I, I literally have to stop. Uh, like, I had to wee. It, there was no way that this race was going to happen if I didn't. Just through 8k now, coming up to Cuddy Cirque. Probably first little wobble. Just mad thoughts in the head. Stop for a wee. Definitely didn't go too quick through the first couple. There's a weird sense of achievement from that, because everybody told me that's what will happen, regardless of how hard you try. I went a fraction slower. But stuff for the wee throws you a little bit. So just trying to lock back in here. Tina and Mikey coming up at Cuddy Cirque, thank God. Yeah, so the around the corner was meant to be Tina and Mikey at Cody Cirque. But I guess another rookie error song, nobody tells you. It's going to be six people deep in the crowd at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was told the crowds are great, but it's like a rock concert going around that corner. Yeah. Uh, so did they I, spot you? They spotted me and they were among hundreds and hundreds of people screaming and shouting. Uh, and I captured a little bit of that here, too. Tina and Mikey coming up here at Cuddy Cirque. The atmosphere is incredible. Is it unusual, Sonia, to ring your coach during the race? <laughs> is that Never heard that... of it before. That's, uh, that's a first now. So did the, did, did, So you rang him, obviously. He wasn't ringing you because he knew you were running. He, he wasn't ex- <laughs> He wasn't expecting the phone-a-friend call on <laughs> route. But what do I do now? <laughs> well, the first person I rang on this run, because I had the aftershocks on and I had the phone to record the show, I knew that Tina would be worried sick. And I knew that after 16 kilometres, 10 miles in, she'd be going, oh, what's, what's going to happen here? So a quick phone call to her, maybe one to two minutes. Mikey picks up the phone. They're in a coffee shop. She's gone up to collect the coffees. So Tina actually called me back uh, and I calmed her nerves. I thought, fuck it, why don't I ring Vinny? <laughs> Vinny's on his way to Sheffield for the snooker. And I think, and he said, he, I have a chat with Vinny later in the episode. I'm pretty sure when he answered the phone, he thought something terrible had happened because these first few K were slower than expected. So he thought, there must be something wrong here. Uh, and I think when I told him, I will give you a ring if I can, he thought, yeah, you will, yeah. You'll be running too fast to, to have time to do that. <laughs> now, before we came on air, you laughed that I was definitely going too slow if I'm able to do business calls during the marathon. Are you still of that opinion? Well, even to be able to think about that, like, I suppose when I run a race or... Even now, when I'm, I'm not really running very fast, but you're still kind of focused on what you're doing. Like, one, I would never have my phone with me. Mm. You know, I, I even if I'm running a session, I take I put my phone in the trees. So, 
yeah. if anyone sees me running around at pace, they can start looking in the trees. They might find a phone. Um, <laughs> it just, it's some, it's kind of a, I don't know. It's, I just don't think it's a space to have your phone is yeah. when you're in a race like that, because I mean, there's plenty of people out. If something does happen, there's someone going to, there's someone going to help you and they're going to make the phone call for you. Mm. Um, so I would be thinking no, it's just an extra bit of weight to carry yeah. around. That That's a lot of extra um, <laughs> moving baggage. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm amazed that you were able to make a phone call. I'm surprised you didn't have a cup of tea and a scone over at the Cutty's Ark, you know, <laughs> with the thousands of people over there watching. Come by up the creek, comedy club I played for the 10 years I was here. This really is the victory lap. But it's also the farewell to London. In truth, this was a race of two halves. Um, Tower Bridge is the is the halfway point, and people tell you all about it. Oh wow, Tower Bridge! All the photos that you'll see of this race, and a lot of the BBC pictures are shot on this beautiful, ancient bridge, and the people that line it, and. The, again, the cacophony of sound and people shouting your name. I'll give you a little taste of it now because it is unlike anything you've ever heard in your life on a run. And this is what Tower Bridge sounds like. <laughs> Halfway, baby. <laughs> and at that point, Sonia, at the top of my quads, were seizing up like really sharp stabby pains in the top of my quads there was no question of phone calls at that point I felt my Achilles was pulling uh, my right calf seemed to be doing something I'd never felt it do before and I was having a groin niggle at 21 so where is this at halfway? It's at 21 kilometers, and I really did think to myself if this is what 21 is feeling like. What the hell is 35 going to feel like? I went back to what you guys said, which was you can only run the kilometre that you're in and that those thoughts and these things may pass. But right now, <laughs> grin and bear it and get through it. So I really do have you to thank for that because obviously it didn't last um have you been in that situation yourself where you're in a particularly difficult kilometer where your body is nearly telling you fibs um well i think everybody goes through that you know you get these little bad patches and a lot of it is because you're just doing that same constant motion and i mean it sounds like if you were surrounded by a lot of people that you were possibly in a little bit compromised running you know you weren't free-flowing the whole way Definitely. that you were kind of contained with all these other people around you and you know having to dot move to side to side to get around people you know so not run into people but you even have to look at the winner of the women's race Sifan Hassan I don't know if you've seen yeah, videos of I this did. yeah incredible where she stopped and had a stretch and then she stopped again and this was very early on in the race and it looked mm. like she was out of it. Bunched, yes. And, yeah, and then she got back up again and then she missed a water drink and she did a 
strange back run to get it. Yeah. Apparently nearly collided with a motorbike. That's right. And then got back on track again. So, you know, things happen in the race and it's just how you deal with it and how you get through it determines, you know, how you finish and, and that you actually get to the finish. So I think you did really well to, you know, not panic in that situation. Mm, and, and kind uh, of ride the waves and come out the other side and then be, you know, ready to go again for the next kilometre, the next mile. And, you know, just every step forward is one step closer to the finish line. Twenty-six kilometers is where I basically give myself that clap on the back. It's twenty-six k there now. It's a uh, it's a head game, no doubt about it. It's all about the head. Um, you know, things go dark after that because at 26k, I wasn't really thinking about my legs at this point. I knew that if I hit 30, I'll be amazed. <laughs> if I hit 30 and feel as good as I feel right now, I'll be amazed. And you pointed out to me that at 30 kilometers, I ran a kilometer at five minute pace in the middle of all of this really steady, dead set on pace running, there's this five minute K thrown in there for some unknown reason. What do you think the reason for that is, Sonia? And I'll tell you what the real reason is. She, unless, was there a downhill or something? Or there was a big crowd and big cheering at the Tower Bridge. Nothing (laughs) like that. No. You stopped and then you had to catch up again. (laughs) (laughs) No, all of these would be much more reasonable reasons for me throwing in a five minute K at that point. So that's the end of the first half of this very special London Marathon episode. You'll need to come over to patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad to hear the rest of it as well as Vinnie Mulvey's conversation with me afterwards. Sonia looks at the actual race results and you get to hear the whole process crossing the line and meeting Katrina McKiernan directly afterwards. It's all there in this bumper edition. Trust me, this might be the best episode of Irishman Running Abroad I've ever made. You're gonna love it. Come on over. This is the week to do it. There's a 15% discount on annual membership right now over there on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress, 